and you're not really looking into like the dark corners of stuff that could go horribly wrong your system it's not just your software it's not just your machines and your network but it's also all the people around it you're building confidence that your system will survive whatever you can throw at it hey everyone welcome to the ball.com tech lab podcast we share our experience with you Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. So, welcome. Today's subject is chaos engineering. So, mostly in IT we focus on structure, order, but this today's subject is, uh, is chaos. So, yeah. We're very interested in uh, what it is and uh, what it can bring. Yes, and the guest of the show today, uh, he went to the conference last year, to uh, the Velocity Conference in in Berlin. He did a two-day workshop uh, training course over there for chaos engineering. He uh, became very enthusiastic about it, so he wanted to share that with us as well. So, yeah, Peter Paul, introduce him. Yeah, so our guest today is uh, Luc Leve. He's a software engineer, mostly working on our retail platform, We're working with with quite some loads uh, there as well in all our uh, offers. So basically everything that's available via our uh, webshop or the platform, actually. So uh, welcome, Luc. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, and why did you decide to go to this conference? Um, Well, to be honest, uh, the conference was a lot about DevOps and we're doing that a lot more. And I was thinking like, well... To be honest, I actually don't really know that much about DevOps yet. So it might be a good idea to go there and, well, learn some more. And then I also looked uh, at the trainings and I saw the description about chaos engineering. And I thought, wow, this could be quite interesting because we are doing some small things that are related, but yeah, maybe we can do more and maybe, yeah, maybe we can benefit more from that approach. So that was why I actually went and uh, well luckily uh, for me it was a big hit I uh, yeah. got very enthusiastic well uh, I did a short uh, presentation uh, recently uh, mm-hmm. within the company uh, well to actually uh, yeah try and start to uh, get the ball rolling and hopefully uh, yeah get more people enthusiastic yeah so share you share your knowledge and your passion because you, you've grown a passion or an interest in into into case engineering why is it so Uh, interesting or important for you? Well, I I think it's interesting. uh, Well, uh, maybe switch to important first. Uh, For for me, I I really think that that the the quality of the things we build, that that's very important. Uh, I I, I always write quite extensive tests, Mm -hmm. uh, unit tests, integration tests, uh, usually also followed up by, by one or two manual tests to see like, okay, does... Is this really working? But when you're doing stuff like that, you're basically focusing on the stuff you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not really looking into like the dark corners of stuff that could go horribly wrong. You tend to try and ignore those a little bit uh, and f- say like, oh yeah, we have some things in, me- uh, in place like uh, some resilience measures. And you think, oh, well, that's resilience covered. Yeah, Check. yeah. Oh. because... Basically, I do like, like two to three uh, job interviews uh, uh, with candidates uh, per week. 
And mostly when we talk about code quality, which you're also starting to bring up now, uh, they never talk to me about chaos engineering. Uh, yeah, but that's also because it's it's quite a new thing. And mm-hmm. well, code quality, uh, well, currently it's mostly focused just on the code mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's uh, that's things like okay is it uh, readable can i understand what's here and also well simple metrics like mm-hmm. like code coverage yeah. uh, how much coverage do we have with our tests uh, well or, or do all the tests work <laughs> that's well a really basic one and it's it's uh, yeah not that often that we actually look further than that and that's also one of the things that I found really interesting mm-hmm. about the chaos engineering approach. They said, well, your system, it's not just your software, it's not just your machines and your network, but it's also all the people around it, your users uh, doing strange things that you didn't uh, think, yeah, didn't of. think <laughs> of, uh, but also stuff like, what does your, your team actually do when an alert pops up on uh, their monitor? Mm-hmm. Can they actually fix it in a reasonable time? Do they have the resources and the knowledge to figure out what's going wrong and to fix it? Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, uh, yep. Before we dive deeper into uh, chaos engineering, what is it for you? What, what, what's kind of your definition or what do you work from uh, when you talk about chaos engineering? Exactly. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, there's, there's a longer definition in, uh, in the book, but I think that, that Russ Miles actually said it best with, with a, well, short, be it a bit complicated uh, wording, uh, that chaos engineering is continuous limited scope disaster recovery. So the ideal here is that you continuously test your system with limited scopes to see, hey, does this still work? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the continuous being important because, well, everything around your system keeps changing. So if it works today, well, there's no guarantee that it'll work tomorrow because mm-hmm. the world can have, uh, could have changed completely. And also your users might be doing different stuff. So you want to have, the, have this continuous approach of keeping those tests alive, keeping them going. And basically you're building confidence in your system and you're trying to measure those things that you actually, well, can't really measure Mm-hmm. So you're, you're building confidence that your system will survive whatever you can throw at it. Okay. And you are also then explicitly saying to me, there are so many factors that you can't really measure or acknowledge. And, and uh, there are also like a lot of things that you actually didn't think of or didn't know that you should measure. And that's why you can't have uh, a good view of the state of the complete system, not not just the code, but the... The, the server it's running on, the container it's running in, the platform it's running on, the, the network it's operating with, with all these factors that also, I don't know, needed for logging metrics, uh, the whole shabam. Uh, <laughs> that's basically where you can, yeah, you can never have a complete view of them. So we have to test on a regular basis, is everything in place and what happens when one of the details isn't in place? Yes, exactly. That's uh, that's that's the whole thing because uh, yeah, we use so many different techniques, so many different frameworks. Uh, we're using cloud more and more, and basically a lot of the cloud is a big black box where we have no clue what happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what better way to figure out that it works than try it in a way where 
your risks aren't that big. Mm -hmm. See if you can recreate that big production incident without it being a production incident. Yeah. So, th so that's where, where the, the, the chaos also uh, goes a little bit to what we like in IT, uh, uh, in a controlled environment <laughs> or in a controlled way or as a controlled experiment. That's what we more like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's also very important, uh, that, that it's controlled. And also uh, another aspect of that control is, yeah, try to get everybody that's involved in the experiment on board, that mm -hmm. at least they know that something is happening. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, yeah, if you're just doing these experiments willy-nilly and you're not informing anybody, yeah, that that's more of a sign that you're a sociopath and you like to break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so get get people on on board and mm -hmm. and and say, hey, we want to do this so that you can increase your confidence in your system. And yeah, well, also be honest. Okay, it might bring up a shortcoming, but yeah. you don't want to be that guy that comes around every month with an email like, yeah, we uh, we went loose on your system and uh, well, we found these uh, 15 vulnerabilities. Can you please fix them? Exactly. Because after a couple of months, they'll be like, oh, there's that guy again. <laughs> again. Not that guy. Right. Oh. It's yeah, always so, a guy. So to, to <laughs> summarize for myself, the, the, the key... In the definition is the, the term continuously. Because uh, if I think of what we are doing uh, nowadays, uh, we are doing disaster recovery every year. We are doing fire drills with the teams. We are doing resiliency tests when we set up a new system and you check on, upon your uh, dependencies, you do a resiliency test. But that is not continuously. So the, the key is do it continuously. That's actually the, the message. Um, yeah, in a, in a way, uh, it's, it's a continuously and it's also... Do it in an environment that it's that's as close as possible to a real environment because a lot of those tests that we're doing are actually quite isolated. Your your unit test is just running on a very limited part of your code, and the integration test is running on a bigger scope. But you're probably mocking lots of services and stuff like that. So yeah, you can say well, in these reasonable circumstances, it works. But yeah, production <laughs> usually isn't. But that's reasonable. End, yeah, it's, it's not. Uh, systems aren't reasonable. And there's always something wrong somewhere. Yeah, like, there, there, there's always an edge case. Um, I, I, I get reminded about the presentation we had a couple of months back of this uh, IT expert who found a lot of faults in hardware. Mm -hmm. where you, uh, due to a hardware fault, you could figure out what was at a certain memory address. It's mm -hmm. a security-related... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he basically used that to break pretty much everything. You can't design for that. So, uh, and, and it's basically those little things that you don't know, you don't know that you don't know. And yeah, by doing these experiments, by going looking for those edge cases where you think like, yeah, this probably works, but I want to be sure. Then hopefully you can find out. You can say, okay, I, I didn't know that I didn't know, but now I know that I don't know this. Yeah. Exactly. And then you can prepare for it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Can you take us through the steps that the, that you do in chaos engineering? Um, yeah, um, well, to go through all of them in detail, well, it's a bit out of scope for today, but... Uh, Basically, when you when you start, 
you look at your system and you uh, basically see like, okay, this is my normal system. You're looking for your steady state. What does your system look like when everything is okay? So that could, for instance, be for a uh, REST-based service that you're always responding, uh, responding with a 200. Everything is okay. Yeah. So basically you can start, well, if we're not responding with okay, something is wrong. So that's that's your 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 baseline. So that whenever you start introducing chaos or whatever, you will know. Okay, stuff is broken now or this not. Is your reference, yeah, yeah, your yeah. reference. And moving on from that, you basically start gathering hypotheses. Uh, well, you can just start with one and think like, what would happen if? Uh, a very simple example uh, with with the cloud would be: what if one of the nodes of my application would go down? Will my application survive, or will my uh, will my application start responding with well, not okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, once you've got your hypotheses, well, it's time to test them. So you you st- set up an experiment and you start actually doing it and you start measuring and seeing what happens. So in this case, you would well basically drop a node and see what happens. Ideally, everything is set up correctly that a new node fires up and nobody notices and your application keeps returning 200 responses. But, well, since it's complex, uh, it might be that the the load balancer still goes to the node that's not there and you're not responding with 200 responses. So there might actually be something broken that you didn't think about before. Then... From that, you uh, yeah you gather your learnings uh, and uh, and your results, and you think, well, okay, now we learned that there's apparently more to our application than we thought. There's also a load balancer. Well, you try and fix it, and you do your experiment again, and you keep doing that until well until it works as you expected, and then uh, well then basically, ideally, you make that part of an automated system that it keeps testing this, and then you move on to your next hypotheses, which, well, could be, well, how does the application handle scaling up? Will that go as we expect it to do? Yeah, exactly. Because you, you're mentioning again the continuous uh, part, and I think that, that also the automation of this, uh, this work that's being done is very important to that because that makes it uh, repeatable, uh, basically. Because if you really have a continuous process, then you will be let's say like every week or every two weeks or every day, depending on, you will be making changes to the uh, to the, all the stuff that your software is working, running in. And then again, that could trigger <coughs> that the test that was previously going very well is now <laughs> not so well anymore. Yeah, exa- exactly. Because yeah, we basically what we do as software engineers we're a very big part of introducing change in our mm-hmm. system by mm-hmm. building new functionality. Mm-hmm. But it's not just us, uh, it's also our users. Uh, something that they might be doing today can be something that they won't be doing in, uh, in a week. And it's also, especially in the cloud, the, the, the cloud provider, which uh, which we asked to yeah, basically keep this up to date because yeah, it was too much hassle for us. It was really a tedious job. Please keep this up to date. And uh, they keep it up to date and they change version and they upgrade. And and that could also introduce new uh, mishaps, basically. Yes, that, that could introduce it as well. So yeah, basically everything around us is changing. So assuming that everything uh, keeps uh, yeah staying the same, 
yeah, that, that's, that doesn't hold anymore. Mm-hmm. A, a, a part of me uh, of this reminds me of like 15, 20 years ago when I did way more work with databases where everybody was asking, hey, do you have a backup? And everybody was nodding, yeah, we have a backup. Did you ever test it? Nah, some of them had. And then did you ever actually do this uh, on, on a production environment? And then everybody was... Nope, <laughs> and but here we are moving that, but then not just for the database, for for the whole stack that your software is running in. Is it also? Yeah, does it uh, uh, resemble your view on on this? Or? Um, yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, I agree. It's it should be the the, the whole tech stack, mm-hmm. but there's there's more than just your tech stack. Okay, there's uh, there's also your users mm-hmm. because. They might be doing something funny that you didn't predict, yeah, uh, but there's also us. Yeah, I mean, if something goes wrong, we have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be that could be during a day where nobody's there except the most junior member of your team. Yeah, with everything that's there, with the run books and stuff like that, would that most junior member be able to fix everything, mm-hmm. or would he run into a roadblock where he opens the run book? And the first line he reads is like, I don't understand what this is saying to me. And then he's stuck. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody has an experience like that at, uh, at, at some phase where they are that junior, mostly when they're really starting out, I hope. There's just something that, uh, yeah, that uh, everybody forgot to tell them and they have to do this production thing now. And they're, oops. Yeah, and it can be this junior, but it can also be uh, when it happens during night. The, the software engineer on duty. Yeah, have exactly. a look, have a look exactly. at the run book. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how do you come up with uh, the hypotheses uh, that you that you want to set that you want to check? Yeah, that's because that, that requires a lot of knowledge of the the, the whole system and eh, where where it's in. Yeah, the the, the way uh, it was explained to me, and I have to be honest, I haven't really done it yet <laughs> for for our systems. Is first you have to figure out okay what exactly is my system uh wh- what am i running on uh what are all the moving parts what do we connect to uh what do my users usually usually do uh stuff like that so you try to build a picture that is, that is as complete as possible or until you reach a level that you think like well okay but this is purely hypothetical let's not go there yet and from that perspective you go and yeah, basically start thinking about uh, all different things that that might go wrong, uh, like uh, like a, a node failure, uh, a load balancer dropping, or well, pretty much anything you can think of that relates to your picture. And then you actually want to go like, okay, if one of those things happens, what's the probability that it mi- that it might happen uh, versus uh, versus what's the impact? So if something is very probable but the impact is like very little, well, then it might not be that important to look into. Uh, so that's already some kind of grading, like uh, it's risk which, analysis. Yeah, yeah which yeah. do you want to uh, look uh, look first yeah. at? And then after that, as a team, you, uh, you basically add the things to that list which are important to you, which in the book uh, they uh, very funnily call it adding all the illities. Because pretty much everything that you find important is an illity. Is an illity, yeah. It's yeah. like readability, uh, stability, 
stuff like that. Flexibility, scalability, flexibility, the whole, uh, yeah. Exactly. And then once you've got those, that combination of impacts, uh, the impact and probability, and also what you as a team find important, well, then it's up to you to yeah. determine uh, an order. And then you get what, uh, what the terminology calls a uh, hypothesis backlog. And then yeah. you can basically start testing. Well, you could start with like the most important, uh, highest thing, but if it's the first test you, you're doing, well, why not start at the bottom? Because then uh, the stakes aren't that high and well, you're also still learning. So yeah, yeah. and then you're learning more about the process on how to do it and make that, uh, do that a few times. So you gain experience with the process. And then do these really high risk things because they're high risk in the end. Exactly. Because yeah, the top thing might, might actually be what happens if all my nodes suddenly fail on production? Yeah, well, you might want to have a little bit more experience with doing everything before you start actually doing that. Yeah. Production. Yeah. yeah because uh, how does a system work when all nodes are brought up again? And maybe sometimes that even causes problems to other servers or other moving parts in the service, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you said uh, the book described it like. What book are we promoting here? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the uh, the book by Russ uh, Miles. Uh, it's uh, uh, I think it was called Introduction to Chaos Engineering. Okay, we well, take that up in the in the show notes. Yeah, Introduction to Chaos Engineering. Okay, um, we expect a lot of the, uh, from the teams, right? If you if you have to come up with the design your system is in, uh, you have to define the the hypothesis. Do we also think this is related to what we try to introduce with uh, site reliability engineering? Is that is that is that related? Uh, I, I I think it, I think it is. I think I think from uh, well, to be honest, we're we're just starting with the whole site reliability sure, engineering. Yeah. The, the, they're in a whole setup phase, uh, so to also do chaos engineering there at this point might be a little bit too much. But well, I think eventually. Well, it it might have a place there because well, I'm I've got this 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 picture in my mind that where well, if site reliability, if it's uh, if it's a bigger thing and it's established within Bold.com, we can actually say why not from uh, that site reliability engineering perspective, we provide a library with hypotheses that we think most of us will encounter because most of us will be working with the cloud a lot of us will be working with some kind of database and we can have a set of hypotheses including uh, including experiments and stuff like that that people can actually say okay i want to use that just add their own uh, their, their own parameters so it can actually run on their service and they can opt in to those experiments and those will run <coughs> for them, and they will get the feedback that they want. That's that's this this ideal picture that I, that I have in my mind right now. Uh, yeah, you now mention it uh, an experiment, uh, but you but but it is based on the hypothesis. So you really define it upfront what you are testing, right? So it's not just going into your system and and do something randomly. It's it's based on this loop you described yeah, earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you really want to. Yeah, you really want to find out what happens if, uh, and, and well, it, it can be pretty vague because you can have the, the situation where you just, you know that something can happen, but you have no clue what the effects will be. Well, you can start doing that in a safe environment and 
yeah, see what happens and then mm-hmm. fine-tune your experiments based on your first findings. Yeah, and so you, you said, okay, I have to be honest, we didn't uh, do it in, in our own systems uh, so far. Um, you're now trying to uh, evangelize the, the, the chaos engineering uh, stuff. You started off with, uh, with the talks. So that sounds great. Uh, wh- what would be the next steps? What uh... um, well, the, well, my first talk and and also this talk was, is mainly to to get people enthusiastic. Uh, and I'm hoping that that maybe some people will think like, hey, I, I actually really want to do this, and our system is in uh, in a state where we are actually ready to start doing stuff like this. And well, basically start start trying it and yeah hopefully getting more people involved uh spreading the word and hopefully yeah building towards that al- ideal picture that i just painted where we can have a, a a shared library of things within the company where we say hey if you're doing something on the cloud we have this set of experiments that you can use and that you can actually say hey if these are all working well then you can be pretty confident that your application is resilient or that yeah whatever else we we might think of yeah. Yeah, the way the way it, it 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 sounds for me is that it it can really be beneficial for the for the teams to and to be more aware of what's what's in the whole system and right? the whole picture of, of all the system components so hey we say in bulletcom uh, you build it you run it you love it and especially for the uh, you run it and you love it part it's 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 going about that that area. It's it's the the, the understanding of, of the yeah the the working yeah, system it, it, yeah. It, exactly. And and uh, I, I already talked a little bit with with the the with uh, the SRE guys. And one of the things that we could of course add to all these experiments is things that we already found out. We could say, well, hey, if you want your applications be resilient when nodes are failing, we found out that setup X usually works for this. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a best practice uh, uh, known yeah. from other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice to... Uh, but then, of course, you would also like provide uh, like a, a test or a test framework to which they can fill out parameters to really test if it really works for them, uh, I guess. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah, there's one thing in saying this will work. And especially with the resilience part, I mean, how often does it actually happen? Mm -hmm. Well, not that often. So, yeah, if you want to find out if it actually works, you're going to have to push your system into a state like that. Yeah, true. I'm I'm trying to... uh, uh, When we introduce this, on scale, all the teams are doing this. How? What? What do we see afterwards? Will the number of incidents go down, or the resolution times? That's uh, that's thinking of the game. Yeah, what, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 guessing that the number of incidents will will go down, and basically also the way that we treat incidents will change, because well, hopefully we will look at incidents more as this is an experiment we missed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the right. that's the relation. And, if, if and, we, and yeah. if we have an incident, we can add it to our to our uh, to our hypothesis set, create a, create an experiment for it, and then we can actually say, hey, we're actually doing this on purpose, and we're seeing that our system survives this time, or we're doing it on purpose, and we know we're we're not yet there, but we're working on it. Yeah. Really cool that this was your 
answer because I would have guessed, but maybe I'm not too deep into the subject, that especially also the resolution times would decrease because you would also train the people. You, that was one of the oh. points you, you mentioned. Yeah. And there was a, yeah, you mentioned yeah. the, the junior or the whoever is on the, with not too much yeah. knowledge yet on the on the system. Uh, they, they he would have been tested. He or she would have been tested a few times, and uh, they get um, insights and confidence from that. And from that, um, also handling incidents would become like a normal practice. And that, at least in my mind, would decrease <laughs> in yeah. the resolution time. So uh, interesting. Yeah, that's that's. Um, I I agree with you on that. On that. Uh, well, uh, but uh, yeah, that's also a little bit that that I haven't really talked about doing that actual test where you're relying on the people to do mm -hmm. something uh, in the terminology that they, they call it a game day where you're actually involving people and they say it's like from uh, a, a resource uh, perspective it's very low cost way of starting it because mm -hmm. your only cost is time and people yeah so it's it's very easy to start with that but uh, it does cost a lot of time <laughs> Okay. from your people because yeah. you're doing this for well probably a couple of hours but you have to uh, you need observers who who look at everything that's mm -hmm. happening and afterwards you you have uh, sort of a retrospective to see what happens and how things went get the learnings from it get, get uh, the learnings bit, yeah though, get I the guess. learnings from it but yeah it's not really something that you can say Oh, we're going to do this every week. Continuously. <laughs> it, it will take too much time. But with uh, stuff like, like a real incident, it's something that you can, can manually reproduce that you can automate. And that's where I think the value is. And, mm -hmm. and but maybe we can do stuff like that, uh, like, like, uh, like an, an experiment like that with actual people, specifically for juniors. To train them to actually put them behind the uh, behind the screen and actually force something like that and have them figure it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I also did that. I, I mentioned the juniors, but it could also be that it would be for new hires because not everybody is used to work in an environment like ours and so knows how to fix stuff in an environment like ours. But as soon as they're part of a of a team, we expect them to behave like that and. We will tell them what to do. So they have to basically gain experience in it to, to know it. And it's not always coming from the outside, uh, that experience. So we have to, to build that, to train that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and well, it's it's not a part that I really thought about that much yet. But, uh, but yeah, this can, this can definitely be used to, to force them in a situation like this. And, yeah, may, maybe... Yeah, create something for mm -hmm. ourselves that, that we can use to 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 train these people. Maybe uh, do this on a staging environment where we know everything. Yeah, th they can do whatever they want, and if they break it even further, well, uh, the impact isn't that big. Yeah, we will just release the previous version and Ex no exactly. production impact. Uh. Yeah, and and you can basically uh, yeah the, use that as a training exercise, and then it wouldn't be so much of an experiment. But more of a training exercise. Yeah. Well, hey, if you encounter this, uh, do you have what you need to pinpoint the cause? Uh, well, can you even find everything? Uh, do you have access to the metrics, to uh, to the logging, uh, and stuff like that? So. 
Yeah, there was a funny story talking about the fire drills, the, the, and and you want people to to pick them up in the in the teams. But last time we did, we did we did a fire drill. There was one area. A couple of teams were sitting together, and one uh, more senior guy found out. Okay, there's a kind of fire drill going on. So when something comes in, I will solve it for you guys. So <laughs> there was no learning <laughs> for the other teams. <laughs> it went like so. For the fire drill, it was good. And, uh, it was picked up uh, as expected. But uh, yeah, for the learnings uh, for the teams, it was. Uh, not what we wanted, so <laughs> you have to yep. think of a solution for that. But yeah, it was a funny story. Okay, hey, uh, yeah. Before we go to the closing round, Peter Paul, questions left? I have no questions left for, for this. I think we can talk like hours about a subject like this, and and, and that's great. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting about uh, this. And I really hope that we yeah got people to think about uh, what what could happen that that I don't know, but that I actually want. To really trust my system to 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 dive in every once in a while to to gain more confidence that my system is really production ready and can, can handle what was it in the in, in, in the CrossFit we prepare uh, for the unknown and the knowable <laughs> and the unknowable so that's the bridge to the previous to one the previous episode yeah yeah so yeah um, Luke can you share your your most important takeaway with us. Going into the closing round. Yeah, the most important takeaway. That's uh, that's hard. Um, I, I I think at this point it's just well, guys, give it a try. Give it a try. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I think uh, based on your uh, passionate talk you just gave with us, uh, uh, yeah, uh, a nice trigger to to think of. Yeah, with your team, with your software you're building, your systems you're running, uh, yeah, what 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 can happen and and what should we uh, be able to act upon? So really uh, inspirational, I think, and uh, hope to uh, to hear from it uh, more in the near future. Thanks for your uh, for uh, yeah your story sharing with us, uh, Luke. Yeah, thanks, Luke, and I think that this is one of the ways to um, yeah bring code quality as we talked about it to a, to a next level. And uh, yeah, beyond some of the things that we already know, and uh, which is gaining uh, broader practice already, this could really be, be uh, add to that and really uh, yeah, go for more uh, really production-ready <laughs> systems. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab, and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!